Praise the Lord. I know breakthrough is coming. By faith, we see a miracle. My God made me a promise and it won't stop now. Let those words just stay in your spirit this week. Fits perfectly with what I wanted to share with you this morning. God's promises for us and holding on to them and not letting go, being sticky and being stickable. Um, thanks, guys, for leading us so boldly into that. It's great to build our faith and to remind us that um, of all those things. So thanks, team. You guys can take a seat as well. Wanted to reiterate Phil's welcome this morning. It's so great to come together and share time in God's presence and around His Word. On Friday night, um, a few of us were privileged enough, we were invited to go to the Brand SA Regional Showcase dinner, gala, fancy pantsy thing, um, because um, as a church, we were nominated, had a story written about us, um, about the heart of Chris Kindlemarkt, and Brand SA, um, from a regional perspective, were looking at stories of um, people or organisations that um, do outstanding things in the community. And um, Hand of Chris Kindermart was picked up as something that is um, a huge blessing to the community and um, a story was written about us and through a series of votes and whatnot, we were um, in the top 15 of finalists. So we were invited to dinner on Friday night and received our finalist plaque, I guess it is. Um, whilst we didn't win, um, it was still a huge um, privilege and honour to be sitting there. You know, it's um, of people all around the state in the regional areas and each um, the, of the 15 finalists had an opportunity to share approximately two minutes, um, some were a little longer, of um, what they had been or what they had done um, and why they had been nominated. And it was just such um, such a beautiful night of seeing all these different people from different walks of life doing things to bless their community. Um, you know, many of them for no other reason, just because that's what they love to do. And um, here we are um, being able to do the same thing, bless our community. Um, we have an awesome team that put the markers together, but it's actually only possible because of the hundreds of hours that you guys put in, um, volunteering and loving on the people, setting it all up um, and giving back to our community. So that's a huge congratulations to everyone of you for doing that. Um, it's perfect timing because it's a good little motivator and encourager of why we do it and to get us all psyched to um, put our names down next week, I believe it is November, isn't it? So next week and the week after, um, Laurie and Georgia will be doing a volunteer drive so that you can um, nominate, put yourself, help, volunteer. That's the words I'm looking for. Um, for this year's Chris Kindle Marked. Uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, with the Dance Fusion concert, it's quite ironic really because um, that's in three weeks' time and this time of year for me is a little bit crazy, um, but we're looking forward to it. We're also expecting baby number three in April, so life is a little bit um, busy at the moment and here I am preaching um, about commitment and not giving up and <laughs> sometimes I just think, God, you have a really funny sense of humour because this is not the thing that I've got the most time for and the first scripture I want to give you is seek first his kingdom. Like, oh God, okay, thank you. I've had my reminder that despite all the busyness around me, I need to put him first and make time for him. So the message um, that I'm bringing this morning, I hope, encourages you um, that no matter how tough life is, how busy life is, 
um, God has a plan and we need to um, do our job by sticking at it and not giving up on him or on what he's called us to do. Have you ever felt like throwing in the towel? (laughs) Yeah. Perhaps it was um, some study that was too hard and you wanted to give up on that. Perhaps it was diet or an exercise program that wasn't working or didn't seem to be paying off. Um, we know that these things take time. Perhaps it was, yeah, perhaps you started a new job and the pressure, it wasn't what you intended or it wasn't what you thought you were entering into. It was just a bit crazy. You wanted to just give up and just like, nah, this is not for me. Or maybe you've been looking for a job and you're thinking, you know, months or weeks and months, time goes by and it's just not happening. You're not finding that, that work that you want, want to give up. Perhaps you feel a bit like I do some, sometimes, many a time, that you're feeling like you're a bit overwhelmed because you're doing too much. Perhaps a relationship's not working. Or maybe it's a dream that you had in your heart that it was something that you were pursuing that hasn't come to be and it doesn't look like it's going to come to be. Um, and it's just like you wonder yourself, is it really worth it? And I'm sure... Most of you sitting here can go, I can think of a time in my life when I've said those words. Is it really worth it? What's the point? Why not just throw in the towel and start again? Do something different. And I think in today's society, we are, um, it's so common to, well, it's not working, so let's just give up on that and start again. Not a great job, just quit, go find another one. Um, you know, your insurance companies doing you over, so just give up on them, go somewhere else, I'll, I'll take my money and my business elsewhere. Um, uh, you know, marriages these days are certainly statistically not, have not got the longevity that they did in the past. This relationship's not working, so I'm just going to go leave it, um, cut my losses, um, and none of those decisions are easy. I appreciate that. But what does God say about being stickable, sticking at things. Well, why is it even something? Why, why should we stick at something? Um, because like society says, you know, oh, well, my DVD player's broke, so I'll just go get a new one, or this isn't working, I'll just find something new, or I'll just move on. So what's the benefit? Especially when it's really hard, and it's lots of hard work. And we've been re- if you've been reading the Bible reading plan with us this month, um, we've been reading about James, where it says, consider it pure joy when you face trials, Um, And it goes on to talk about how um, perseverance through those situations develops our maturity. Um, Phil talked about having patience and letting that, um, obviously patience means that you're facing something repetitively over and over and over and you really require patience. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, that's God's proper time, not our time. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Matthew twenty four thirteen says, The love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. So I'm kind of getting the sense that God's into sticking things out, the, the longevity. It's um, about being committed to, to him, but also committed to the things that we've said that we'll do. Um, it ref- reflects to me part of his character. Um, and we, we know, you know, even think about a job resume that's got 
say, six jobs in a two-year period, uh, um, we all get told that the employer will look at that perhaps unfavourably because it doesn't say much about your integrity or your stickability. Yes, it might have given you abundance of experiences, um, but the the capacity to actually stick at it um, perhaps is not going to be reflected there. I also think of the the idea of the... A, a tree. I mean, Jeremiah 17, where it t- talks about a tree being planted by the stream where its roots can go deep um, and that it will flourish and grow and bear fruit, as opposed to the picture that um, I've had messaged before where a pot plant is, you know, transferred from pot to pot to pot, that its roots t- can't get in deep and it can't um, get all those lovely nutrients from the, the water down deep in the soil so that that pot is less able to be fruitful. So again, it's just, it's giving me that idea that, okay, God's into longevity. As I said in the last service, I know he's into longevity because he created eternity and eternity is longevity forever. (laughs) Um, So how sticky are you? Stickability. Sticking at it when all you want to do is give up. Are you a cheap Yoohoo stick of glue, not one of those nice yellow Yoohoo brand ones, I probably shouldn't use that brand name, but you're like a no-name brand from Cheapest Chips that when you pull the lid off and you touch it, you think, is this going to do anything? I've had a few of those for work from time to time, and they don't. Or are you like super glue, where you stick at something? Or are you one of those dodgy stickers um, that, you know, you can just kind of flick it and it just pops off? Or one of those really analogy doesn't quite go here, but one of those really annoying ones on this beautiful vase that you bought and you're trying to get the sticker off and all you're left with is sticky residue. Whilst that's annoying, um, I think God wants us to be more like the sticky sticker. So I wanted to share with you um, about how I've developed some stickability in my life. I don't have it all together, but um, I've certainly had a bit of a journey of having to to put my roots down in deep um, and to get a bit of grit um, and there's this lovely word called schutzpa uh, that I can't remember the origin of it, but it's, it's audacity. But for me, it's like it's an internal grunt and a sticking at it kind of attitude. Schutzpa, if you want to look it up, I think it's C-H-U-T-Z-P-A-H. Um, and I heard a whole message on it when I was a teenager. And actually, that probably is one thing, one of those things that was a seed that planted some stickability in my life. Schutzpa strange word that's just stuck around for the rest of my life. Um, We were talking about Dance Fusion before and um, I want to share with you a bit today about how Dance Fusion has come to be um, because I'm the principal or the director of the dance school and have been um, for its life uh, for I think I said 13 years. I should have probably calculated that. Our first concert was 2005 so we actually makes this our 14th. Just do my maths on the go. Um, and But prior to that, um, God has, you know, I've, I've been learning how to be a sticky person, how to stick at things and not give up. In high school, I was a quiet, conscientious student, according to my reports, um, and I did enjoy studying and it came relatively easy to me, though I did have to put in hard work, but I didn't actually mind. Um, But one of the things that was always um, ingrained and taught to me, and I'm so thankful to my parents' wisdom for that, was that God comes first. Church on a Sunday is a non-negotiable. And I was also involved in the worship team um, even back then. And um, so music practice was a non-negotiable because that's something I committed to. And prayer meeting was a, a great place to 
be fed and to build our relationship with God and with other people um, and coming together. And so they were three, oh, and Connect Group Youth when I was a teenager. They were just non-negotiable, so they just happened. And um, not that I ever had to be dragged along, but it was just, it was a no-brainer, it was just, just go. Um, and so balancing studies with that, particularly when I came to year 12 and having lots of pressure of assignments and um, studying for tests and that type of stuff um, meant that there were times that I had to make choices and times that I had to check my priorities because when you've got an assignment screaming at you to be done and handed up the next morning, that seems to be a whole lot louder than the music rehearsal or going to church. And, and I know plenty of people that um, I've talked to across the years that are um, in the same situation, particularly with study. It, it gets really hard because I need the time to do the assignment. But my experience is that every time that I put God first and gave Him time, he blessed me abundantly. And I remember sitting in prayer meetings, for example, and thinking of all these things that I have to do, but I've actually made the effort to come. And so I'm like, well, I've made the effort. I might as well at least focus on God. And then all of a sudden, like just these ideas for an assignment just pop into my head or I you know, write half an essay. And I know I'm not the only one who's had that experience. The scripture that um, I've carried into my life, particularly through that season that gets me through that season, got me through that season, Matthew six thirty three. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So don't worry about the stuff that everything else you have to do. Seek first his kingdom. It's a promise that he says. Now, that scripture is specifically talking about food, drink, clothing, but I think it, it's brought, it starts off saying, don't be anxious. Don't worry about all those things because he has it under control. If we put our sight on him, a bit like Jane was sharing with the communion message, like, let's keep our eyes fixed on the prize, which is him and eternity with him um, and all the rest can come together because God has an amazing plan and we don't know what it is half the time and I think we pretend that we do, but let's stop pretending and just focus on him. It's much easier. Um, So yeah, focus on him, put him first. And it's when I was putting him first and spent that time with him that he would give me the strength to go to do the other things that I needed to do. In high school, I also, um, so dance has always been a big part of my life and I sort of um, denied about whether I would go to study dance um, for a year in Sydney at Oxford Falls, their creative college. Um, it seemed like something really cool to do because at the time, my older brother Michael was there studying um, Bible college and so he moved out of home whilst he... he his was a good experience, but he always had troubles. So there were parts of me that goes, why would I do that? That's so hard to stay home, live at home as long as you can, milk it off your parents. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's still my advice to teenagers. Don't feel like you have to move out of home really quick, but don't stay there forever. I think 25 was the age our parents said you're out. We were all out before then, but it was, um, and certainly contribute to your household if you are Um, a teenager or a young adult still living at home. Don't milk it like that's just being lazy. Just that's just an aside. That's a freebie. (laughs) Anyway, um, so yeah, would I go and study dance in Sydney or would I um, go to uni? I sort of approximately had worked out that I wanted to become an occupational therapist, an OT, um, so required a very high TR or ATAR for that. Um, So I had to work really hard, but that was like, 
that was my serious career. <laughs> and then there was dance. I'm like, that'll just be something fun to do. I'm not going to make a whole life out of it, but I might as well do it while I'm young kind of thought process. Has anyone else had those types of things that they just have on the side? Yeah, a few nods. Um, anyway, um, there was, um, we had a guest speaker come to church who um, prophesied over me, not knowing any of that. He didn't actually know me from a bar of soap at that point in time. And the word that he delivered from God um, changed the course of, well, it helped me decide really because um, he said, look, I can see creativity in you, um, lots of colours, all this stuff. But it says, don't look elsewhere because what you'll find here will far outweigh what you can find elsewhere. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I'm not going to Sydney. Um, and... I didn't know what that meant because I'm like, well, okay, well, I'll stay here. I'll be obedient, um, but I'm not really sure how I'm going to find dance, um, the, the dance experience that I was thinking I wanted um, here because I just go to a dance school in Mount Barker and, you know, that's kind of it. But I also had always um, wanted to have dance as part of something in the church and um, we had an abundance of young girls at when I was a teenager, but younger girls that loved dancing. And so we often, in those days, and now I think, oh, we should do this more often. Um, we often put dances together uh, with those girls. And um, they actually later became, pretty much all of them, um, dance students of Dance Fusion, which is really cool. But anyway, so there was that sort of dream, like, oh, it'd be really lovely to have um, a dance school within the church. I think God's given us creative gifts to um, to demonstrate and to be able to bless the community and through those so there was sort of that sitting in here but when I heard that you know don't look elsewhere you'll find it here okay whatever so I went on with life Um, I got into university and started studying occupational therapy and um, in 2005 when there was someone else that came into my world that had the same sort of dream about having a dance school we thought yep let's do it it was much more her professional um, endeavour, whereas mine was kind of a recreation on the side. So we started out together, but she did most of the, the teaching um, because she'd had training in that. And um, we, yeah, we developed a, a dance school. We started with classes out at Verdun, at the hall there, and, um, you know, 20-odd 20, 20 students, 25 students. And um, then the following year, we really felt that, well, part of my big... Um, conviction is that church or that what we've got here and bringing people here is part of the value of what we offer. So we actually, every Sunday after church, we'd pack up all the side chairs, we'd bring in dance floors, we used to have mirrors stuck to that wall that were closed, you didn't notice them on a Sunday morning, and we'd have dance classes in here in 2006. But by the middle of 2006, um, she decided that life in Australia was no longer for her and um, quite abruptly left and left me with, at that point in time, a dance school of 50 students. And I was studying in my third year of uni. Uh, I was due to get married. We'd like set a date. We were getting married on December the 2nd. And it was the middle of the year, so there was a dance concert sort of scheduled for November. I was studying. I knew that my next year of uni was full-time placements, so I'm not really in a spot to be able to pick up teaching all these dance classes, let alone really feel like I've got the experience to do that. But we had 50 students and there was this little thing inside of me that was the dream that God had given me, what that looked like, and also that, that word of don't look elsewhere, what you're looking for you'll find here. And so at that point in time, whilst it was not convenient, 
um, I had a choice to make. Do I keep going or do I stop? And um, I knew that if I stuck at it, that God would give me the strength to do what I needed to do to keep it going. And um, yeah, when we don't have that strength, that's when we need God. That's when we use our faith. Um, And you might be thinking, so I guess at that point was a crossroad. It was a choice, a decision that I could make. On the one hand, I was pursuing a career of OT, another getting married, another 50 students that just suddenly have no teacher and um, I had a choice to make. And perhaps you've been at a crossroad like that before where you've got a choice to make where you can stick at it or you can give up or you have stuck at it or you have given up or perhaps you retreated back to the comfortable hold that thought. If you, if you feel like you've been the one to give up, part of what I want to share is um, the blessing that has come out of me sticking at this, but I know that there are plenty of experiences that are, are not that, where it has been too tricky and you have given up. So please stay with me um, because God is a God of restoration. God is a God who works all things together. And in that moment, I wasn't sure how that was going to work, but God did make a beautiful story out of that messy situation and I know he can do the same for you. Um, going back to that idea of um, retreating to your comfort zone, at, um, work when I'm working with children about managing their emotions and their behaviour, um, I've started using this um, diagram that is three concentric circles. Sorry, I should have got a picture of it. In the middle is our comfort zone. Okay, we like to live in our comfort zone because it's comfortable, uh, funnily enough. Uh, but when we are learning, so when I'm teaching it to children, there are things that we do. It might be a test, it might be something new. There are things that we do that take us out of that comfort zone into our learning zone. And there are plenty of kids who I see who feel that learning zone is even the third circle, which is the panic zone. So they kind of go from this comfort zone to... <gasps> panic zone instantly and there's no window of opportunity and so teaching them what that learning zone feels like how it's subtly different from the comfort zone and from the panic zone and there's this lovely little window that whilst it is uncomfortable and I and I'm always sure to say it it might not feel nice but it's not going to kill you and it's not bad it's things that help us grow Um, and I was thinking about that in the context of our faith because isn't it the same that we can be in our comfort zone and we can do life the way we feel comfortable doing in our own strength but it's when we step out of that comfort zone and so instead of follow me here if instead of calling it a learning zone let's call it the faith zone we step out of that comfort zone into the faith zone but what's so awesome is that the longer that time that we spend in that faith zone our comfort zone actually kind of takes that over and it becomes our comfort zone we get used to what that feels like so I think of my life um when things are really busy, like this sort of season, it's like, okay, I'm really out of my comfort zone. But the longer I stay here, the easier it actually gets to manage it all um, and the less uncomfortable I feel about it. And, you know, putting strategies in my world so that I don't end up in the, the panic zone or knowing how to just get myself back into the, the faith zone um, there. So hopefully that's a helpful picture for you that we have a comfort zone, but God doesn't intend for us to live there because if we're living in our comfort zone, we actually Oh, look at you guys. Thanks. Um, 
we're living in our comfort zone, then we actually don't need God. And that's not his intention. He wants a relationship with us and he wants us to stand in faith. So stepping out into our faith zone stretches us um, and we actually get used to it and we can do it again and again and again. I think about dance students that say to me, or oh, the teachers, this is so hard, I can't do this choreography, I just don't, it's just too hard. And then we go, hang on, stop. Think about six months ago when you said that about the other routine and look at how you just do it like, you know, out of muscle memory and it just, you don't even have to think about it. It's because you're stuck at it, you learned it slow, you didn't freak out, well you did freak out to start with, but the sticking at it is what helps you get to this point where you're actually quite capable and it's become a much more comfortable experience. So, um, so yes, that's just a little aside that parents also, teaching your kids to stick at it, to not give up. The number of students that I've had over the years that, you know, give up after five weeks because it is a bit too, too tricky. Um, my encouragement to families is that I realise perhaps you don't want to send them, it's, some, it's recreation, um, and I get that. Um, so if it's something they don't, really don't want to do, don't make them do it. But at the same time, recognise that they've made a commitment for a term and see it out because that builds resilience in those kids. We had the same experience with Mason doing swimming lessons, our six-year-old, last, last year. He was, okay, he's just turned six, so he was actually four and a half, to be fair to him. Um, we took him to swimming lessons and... Um, the first lesson was fine. He jumped in. He did everything the teacher asked him to do, um, which included jumping off the side of the pool into the water, which I knew he hated because he doesn't like getting his head wet, doesn't like his ears and nose in the water and just freaks out. But anyway, he held it together for the first lesson. And um, the second lesson was a little bit more wobbly and he started to kind of put up the resistance to the teacher. I'm not doing that. I'm not so sure. And then by the third and fourth lessons, there were tears and there were screaming and there was clinging to the pole for dear life. Um, and I said to him, look, we've said we're going to do swimming lessons. It's actually really, he loves the water. So he was in this sort of love-hate battle um, about lessons. So I said, well, we're going to commit, um, but we need to make sure, a bit like that comfort learning panic zone, let's perhaps not put you in the panic zone because I'd, it's not healthy to be in that panic zone for extended periods of time. Um, and so we had a chat with the teacher and she said, look, you don't need to which negotiated what he would, would or wouldn't do in that lesson, but so that he could um, experience um, a positive um, outcome out of that rather than just giving up. Because I knew if he'd given up after a lesson that was screaming and clinging on and, you know, it was just horrible, um, that, you know, the chances of us getting back to swinging lessons was not going to be um, high on his priority list of things to do. Um, and so we finished out the term and it was positive, but I said, look, you've you've done the term, good job, let's just have a break for a bit and we'll practice putting your head underwater <laughs> elsewhere, <laughs> which he still doesn't do. But he did blow bubbles in the pool yesterday with his grandparents, so this is an improvement. Um, so, but yeah, teaching resilience to kids, it's patience like Phil was talking about um, and not giving up. And the younger that we can learn that, of course, the more natural it becomes later in life. So going back to the journey of Dance Fusion, um, after saying yes, we're, let's keep going. Um, Dance Fusion now 13 years after that um, is, has um, had over 500 students come through and we've influenced you know, not only them but their families um, and it's been really wonderful but it wasn't always easy and you know, through many of the years, those years I've had to stick and decide to stick at it and not give up. Um, I've had parents 
be nasty uh, when I was working full time. And I, you know, this was something that I did on the side that I think they just assumed that I spent my whole life doing dance fusion. I'm like, actually, no, I don't. I work a full time job elsewhere. Um, And, you know, just going, well, (laughs) stuff it because I don't need this. Um, But I actually didn't. I stuck at it. going through uni placements where I was full-time, juggling staff because I couldn't do all the teaching, Um, all those types of things that along the way I've had to keep choosing, no, this is um, something that it's worth sticking at because I know that the the eternal um, gift, I suppose, for want of a better word, um, and the influence that we can have um, far outweighs the pain that I as one person might be going through. But it certainly hasn't been possible without um, quite a number of you who have been involved in that journey at various times um, and also the great team that um, I have around me as well. Uh, Some of the feedback, uh, we get lots and I really need to put them all together because they just, you know, they make you cry. And if if anyone's ever been in that spot where you get um, feedback about, thank you so much for doing X, Y and Z, um, it's really touching and I really should put them, compile them together. But a few of the things that st- stood out to me are words like, thank you for being such a great role model of integrity. Thank you for being such a great role model of consistency, of being looking after your body, of um, being healthy, uh, of doing your, giving your best but not expecting it to be um, beyond what you can do. And um, so I, I know that just like in Jeremiah talks about Um, being planted, that trust that develops over time of investing in these relationships is where the fruit grows. And um, I know God's been with me on that journey. And um, I'm really thankful that, you know, if I think of year 12 me, having this idea of dance, that then, you know, I wasn't going to study it. I couldn't have dreamt that here we would be 14, 15 years later um, with over 90 students about to put on a show four times um, in three weekends' time with over 500 guests coming to watch. Like, that's just was never in my thinking. So that's pretty awesome. Um, so I just wanted to, A, encourage you with that story um, of not giving up, but also the things that have helped me. Uh, so I mentioned one was seek God first, um, Matthew 6, 33. But hold on to scriptures being the second thing that I found really helpful is find a scripture that helps you in that tough time. It's tricky being sticky, <laughs> came out last service. It's tricky being sticky, but God gives us the keys in his word. Um, Galatians 6 verse 8 to 9 says, The one who sows to please the fr- flesh will reap destruction, but the one who sows to please the spirit will reap eternal life. So let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, as in his time, not our time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So make sure what you're doing feeds his spirit. If it's not, remember your why. Why are you doing it? Um, and it might not be the functional reason why. When I think about um, some of my work, my full-time work, um, whilst it, I, I got the job of my dreams that people said that I wouldn't go get um, straight out of university, which is another story on commitment and stickability, um, I got to a point where it was it was laborious, um, it was exhausting, it was a high-pressure situation, like just, just seemed to be constant and there were things that I just didn't really like about it. And when I go back to this scripture, 
um, part of the reason I didn't like that was because I really kind of worked out that I was at that point working just for the money. I needed the money so that I could do the things here in church and in ministry that I really wanted to do. Um, And that's really not a helpful way to be living (laughs) or to be doing anything. It's not a good motivator. Um, But Colossians 3 verse yeah, Colossians 3 verse 23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. And that scripture really got me through that tricky time um, because it helped me to see, well, actually, everything that I do, I'm doing for the Lord. And every child that I meet and every colleague that I come into um, contact with, I'm, do, I'm working with them and serving them as though I'm serving the Lord. And that really helped to shift my attitude in what was otherwise a, a not a great situation. Um, it was all part of my attitude. Like the work hadn't changed. It was my dream job. Um, I just needed to shift my perspective on that. And, you know, maybe you found yourself in the same sort of situation where you're like, it just becomes humdrum and go, well, actually, I prayed for this job um, and God's given it to me. So, Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6 Trust in the Lord with all your heart Lean not on your own understanding In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path Another scripture that I've stood on over the last 15 years Because I like to figure things out on my own I think that I've got it all together Or if I don't have it all together I still like to try and analyse And next thing I know I'm like five years ahead in my thinking And freaking out that you know we're not going to have Oh, I can't even think what I used to do, like a house or something. I don't know. It was just silly. Just silly. Um, and so I really learnt. It is true. I still do it from time to time. I have to stop myself. Trust in the Lord. It's, it's, like my, it's my go-to scripture. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't feel like you have to have it all together. Uh, and maybe it doesn't look like what you had in mind, what I had in mind. That picture, just, you, I'm like, how, how are you going to do this, God? We don't have to have it all figured out. Stick at it, but keep putting God first and his kingdom first. Keep trusting him, reminding yourself of the scriptures that he's given and his plan. So perhaps you are sitting here at that crossroad or you've been through that crossroad and you feel like um, you haven't committed and you've perhaps failed at that or you've given up. Um, Both Julie and Shane last week shared of different trials and, you know, not being... Not giving up. I loved the reference that Julie gave to Bear Grylls, just get back up on the horse and try again. Um, perhaps you've walked out on a relationship or left a challenging job. Um, perhaps you gave up on a dream. And yeah, the, the strength that God gives us in those times um, when we call on him, I think that's the, the, the key to remember is, well, actually, though, you know, you might be feeling guilt or shame for having given up. You know what? God, like I said, He restores us. He redeems us. He works all things together. So it doesn't matter, you know, forgive yourself, repent to God, but He forgives you already. But sometimes we have to forgive ourselves for that. Um, I couldn't think of a, a really good example of when I have given up or failed at something, except that what jumped into my mind, and excuse me for the novelty of this, is that Mason and I planted some tomato seeds three weeks ago. There's nothing that sprouted. And I think that their germination is like 14 days. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, we didn't commit to that. We didn't water it every day. We didn't make sure it got enough sun. And sometimes it's just the little things like, you know, 
God, God has a, a process for us and we need to stick at it and see it through. Otherwise, you know, the reward is not there. There are no tomatoes growing, um, sprouting out of the dirt and we're going to have to start that process again. Um, I haven't told him that yet though. Um, but also equally, he hasn't gone to check. So, for <laughs> you. Where's his commitment? That's it. Um, so seek first his kingdom. As I said, don't be swayed by your feelings, but trust in God, not yourself. Stand on scripture in the tough times. Write them out. Repeat them to yourselves. Songs like we sang, I know breakthrough is coming. By faith I see a miracle. My God made me a promise and it won't stop now. Get them in your head. Get them in your spirit. Play them in your car. Write out scriptures and stick them on your toilet door or on your dashboard. Things that remind us of the promises that um, he's given us. So how sticky are you, is my question this morning. Are you that cheap you who glue stick? Are you super glue? Are you a gecko? Geckos can withstand 100 times of their weight because God has made them with these tiny little things in their fingers and toes, all toes, called spatulae. And they can hook into the nooks and the crannies of the wall um, and any surface that it climbs on and they just stick. So are you sticky like a gecko or a frog? Do you know, I was reading about frogs and did you know that every time that they jump and re-land on a surface, that split second between one to the other, the, the glue stuff on their hands, which has a special name, um, regenerates and it's re-sticky again. Like how cool is that? That God even thought that, okay, frogs need a stick, so this is how I'm going to make them. Um, or I think of a spider clinging onto its web. The funny thing about the frog, just going back to that, that I was reading about, was scientists were trying to see what sort of angle a frog could go on um, before it fell off, because unlike geckos, they can't just upside down. Um, but frogs are still pretty sticky with their little sucker pads. And um, they had, aren't they? I don't know. Um, I had a surface, and so they would put dust on a surface to see, to test the frog's stickability. And um, when it jumped, obviously it was less sticky the first time it jumped on the dust, but as it kept moving, it actually increased its sticky, despite the fact that that surface was really dusty. And I thought about that, like, of us in a tricky situation, if we keep moving, what's God inbuilt in us? Like he's inbuilt that in a frog, for goodness sake. What has he inbuilt in us so that we can remain sticky when we keep moving and we don't give up? I think sometimes we so easily forget what he's built in us and what he's given us. But the Holy Spirit is like literally everywhere. Like he's right there. Sometimes we just forget to ask. <laughs> His word is right here. We just forget to read it. What has he in there? You'll have words. I know that everyone will have a scripture in their spirit somewhere that just pops up. You might not know where it's from. You might not know it in its entirety. But God has planted in you a, a word. Um, yet we lose our stickiness. So, in a society where longevity is rare, we know God's into the long term. He created eternity. So, be sticky, be a sticky employee. Be a sticky spouse, be a sticky friend, be a sticky server in God's house, be a sticky studier. Show the commitment because that's God's character. He's so committed to us. He loves us so much and is so committed to our journey that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for us. Um, and we, as we know, Jesus rose again and it was victorious. And so we don't have to live in the 
the weight of all of that, but actually his commitment is shown um, by his victory as well. So do you need to strengthen your stickiness today? Perhaps you need some of that heavenly glue, like the frogs have, but what you've got inside you. What have you got inside you? What has God given you? What do you need more of from God? As you think about how sticky you are in a situation perhaps at the moment, or even just reflecting on, okay, well, I didn't do that well. If I came across that situation again, what would I do differently? Because, you know, it's not just a a one-time kind of thing. Um, You know, hopefully as I've shared the story and the journey across Dance Region, and like even now it's, it's a conscious choice every day to not give up and God gives us a strength when we don't give up and his word promises us of that so why don't we stand to our feet and invite the team back up because I just want to spend a moment to reflect on his stickiness in you but also the best place to be able to regain that is in his presence and I know that as we draw near to God it says in his word he will draw near to us And so if I take a little bit of leniency, as if we draw near to him, he's going to give us some more of that sticky glue. If we seek him first and we ask him um, to help us in what it is that we we need to stick at and not give up on. Maybe it's just a new level of faith. Maybe it's feeling um, more comfortable in that faith zone, that learning zone and or maybe it's faith to step out of the comfort zone in the first place. It's like, God, I've just been doing this too safe. I need you and I want to rely on you. So this morning, if something around that has spoken with you and you need to um, step closer to God, step out in faith, let's just close our eyes and give him a chance to do that. Holy Spirit, meet us here. Your presence is an open door. Holy God. We want you more like never before. Fill us, God. Thank you, Jesus. God, we wait on you. We draw near to you, Lord. We know that you are our strength, that you are the author and perfecter, that we don't need to be afraid. Lord, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love Him. Lord, that Your promises are yes, Your promises, amen. God, that if we do not give up in doing good, we will reap a harvest. So if you're standing here this morning and you just want to reach your hand out to God to say, God, help me, just as an indication more to Him than anything else, God, help me, encourage me, Increase my faith. Help me to be sticky. I encourage you to take that step of faith right now. Just lift your hand to Him. Holy Spirit, I just know that as people are lifting their hands to You, Lord, as they're reaching out, that You will meet them where they're at. Holy Spirit, I just pray and declare a new level of faith, a new level of stickability, Lord, that they will find that Your Word comes alive in them. Lord, as they're standing here today, that they will not give up. God, that Your Word and Your promises are for them and not against them. And Holy Spirit, I pray that they will be able to go into this week knowing that You are there, that You are with them. Lord, that Your strength in them is so much greater. Lord, that when we are weak, You are strong. 
and that we can give You the glory in that. So for every hand that is raised in this place, Lord, I know You are speaking to Your people and You are strengthening Your people. And we declare in faith for great days. In Jesus' mighty Name, Amen. And finally this morning, perhaps you're standing here and you're thinking, well, actually, well, all of this relies on me actually having a belief in God, having a belief that, um, like Jason really well put last week, that God will answer our prayers. He will provide for us and He has a plan for us to live in victory. That relies on us having a faith that, yes, He would do those things and having a faith in God in the first place. And I wanna give you an opportunity. If you've not... um, made that decision to go, actually, yeah, I do believe that. Perhaps this morning is the first time that you've felt that you do believe that. And I'd love to lead you in a prayer that invites Jesus into your life. Um, So if that's you, I just want you to give me a wave because I won't embarrass you. I just want to pray with you after the service and help you invite Jesus into your life because He has a great plan for you. He has the most incredible things in store when we commit to Him Um, He gives us and shows us all that awesome commitment. So if that's you, give me a wave or come and speak with me after the service. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, as we close the meeting, Lord, I just pray that Your strength would be in us. Lord, that we won't try and do things in our own strength, but God, that we would rely on You. God, that we would um, lean on You. We would trust You with all that we have. God, we know that our hope is in things above, not in things that we can see. And so I just pray that You would bless Your people, You would minister to them. And Holy Spirit, that we would walk in Your victory, that we would walk giving You glory and letting Your Name be given all the praise and all the honour. In Jesus' mighty Name, Amen. Awesome. The altar is open. If anyone would like prayer for specific things, I'd love um, more than be happy to pray um, with you for that. Uh, Don't forget Encounter is on tonight, 5pm. A great place to to soak in His presence. Just put aside all the other stuff and just focus on Him, seek Him first. So hope to see you there or we'll see you next week. Thank you.